So we're in the middle of a collection of talks entitled Jesus First. Jesus First. Last week, my wife preached, Pastor Lindsay, and uh, my goodness, I was taking notes in the front row on my phone, and I promise, wasn't texting or Facebook, I was taking notes on my phone, and uh, what a great word, and so I encourage you, make sure you watch that, because she talked about the cost of following Jesus, but it's also, it's a choice, it's a choice that we make following Jesus, and I got to tell you, maybe a difficult choice, it may be a costly choice, but it's the best choice we could ever make, we could ever make in this walk, and so our, our, our anchor verse for this collection of talks in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, and uh, it says, seek first, everyone say first. first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. All these things will be added to you. If you grew up in church, all these things will be added unto you. Come on, everybody. It will be added to you. And so let me pray real quick. And uh, prayer is just for the pastor. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, anoint this word. May it be a great day. Answer our prayers. Reveal us to our, to our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody shout it. Amen and amen. Um, uh, you know, I, I live in Mountain's Edge, and uh, we, I mean, several years ago, we were on the east side of, of town. My wife grew up on the east side, so we, we ain't playing, all right? I may, be wearing, I may be wearing these kind of pants, but I mean, we'll cut you. And, um, and we, so we, by faith, we didn't know where we were going to start a church. We just knew Jesus wanted us to start a church. Yes. And so we, we moved over to Mountain's Edge area, bought a house, had no clue where our church was, and, uh, but that's just taking a step of faith. It's just like Abraham. God said, go that way. And we, and we were like, well, where, Lord? Give us cross streets. Give us, you know, like, give me a down payment, you know, like. And so we got our house, and, and as, as we moved into our home and, and started planning a church, and God brought us this facility, and it's just been amazing six years. And we have a birthday party coming up, all right? Birthday party coming up February 26th. February 26th, birthday party coming up. And, uh, and so, uh, lo and behold, we're in our house. We're settled in. We're raising our son. And in our backyard, uh, we have turf. We have turf in our backyard. Church actually installed. And the turf, just so you know, uh, is, about, is about 12 feet long and about three feet wide. About 12 by three, okay? And so it's not very big. And before we installed it, they even asked, you want us to put grass in? And I'm from North Dakota, all right? And uh, I was like, I'm not going to get a lawnmower and mow 12 foot by 3 foot piece of grass. Like, because like, we have pavers and all that, you know? And it was just, I mean, this is my backyard right here. I mean, you open the door and you go, here's my yard. And then right here is the wall and you go, hi, neighbor. How you doing? And we talk. And, and I invite them to church and they look at me, you know? And, and so we have, we have turf in our backyard. I kind of like turf. I mean, it's, it's not bad. It's easy. Um, you know, uh, I mean, most people got to mow their grass and, and get gas for the lawnmower. In my turf, I sweep my turf. I mean, that's very Vegas right there, just sweeping my turf. Just, just today, we don't even have to sweep it today, right? It just, it's, 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 it's taking care of itself with this windstorm out there. And, uh, and I did try to go outside and say, peace be still, but I'm not Jesus. And I enjoy, uh, turf's great. Um, it's easy. It's, uh, I, like, I like it. It's, it's great. It gets hot in the summer, which is weird. Um, you know, turf is, is warm in the summer, things like that. And one day, my wife, Pastor Lindsay, and uh, um, we were getting ready for kids ministry and, and, and being portable, being a portable church. Um, at 7 a.m. this morning, we have a group of faithful, amazing people that come in and set this up. I mean, all the chairs, pull the tables back, pipe and drape. They set all this up in the lobby. Can we give it up one more time for our setup team? 
for setup team. Even Elaine was in California this morning at 3 a.m. as she drove here and started setting up at 3 a.m. this morning as well. And so we're portable. We're believing God for our permanency, our next step. Uh, but at our house, we have all our stuff. And uh, one of the kids' um, bins got really wet. We cleaned it out for Avenue Kids. And, and Pastor Lindsay put it out on the outside to the sun. You know how the Vegas sun is, right? Like, you know. And we left it out. And she left it on the turf. And then a, uh, you have a picture of the turf real quick? And then a, literally a couple days later, she removed the bin. And here's the bin. This is where the bin was. This is where the bin was sunbathing. And right here now, the the the. Fake grass, sizzled up, melted, and then and, and right there is a very, uh, it's hard to step there. It's like melted down. It's weird looking. And I was like, what are you doing? And she was like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, I put this turf in myself, you know. And, 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 and it, then, then we kind of got mad. Like, I got angry. Not at my wife, you know, because I'm a good husband. <laughs> but, but I got upset because I was like, well, this was real grass. This was real grass. This would never happen, Right? You know, if this was real grass, I'd just put it on there. Be fine. If this was real grass, it wouldn't be that hot in the summer. Right. And I began to get really upset at the artificial turf or the artificial grass. But friends, how many know if you're here for the very first time, there is no reason I should be upset at something that can never be real. Wow. So if you're taking notes today, the title of my message today, it's Artificial Firsts. Artificial First, we're in a Jesus first collection of talks. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. Seek Jesus first. And, and we've been first things first. And the cost of, of, of placing Jesus first. And we've been talking about this for the past four weeks. But I want to talk today about artificial firsts. Artificial firsts are kind of the, kind of the things that you place first in your life. But they have to replace that first, that, or she, or he, or it. We place that in first in our life. Then we begin to start to resent that individual, or resent that thing, because it can never take place of Jesus. It can never fully cover us. See, here's what artificial means. And let's go here. Artificial means artificial can never fulfill the original intent or purposes. See, artificial is really a replacement. It's a replacement. It's a replacement. And only Jesus can handle being first. Only he can handle being first. Cast your cares upon me, for I care for you, is what Jesus said in the Bible, or, or actually Paul was quoting uh, what Christ was, and, and, and only Jesus can handle being first. So about four weeks, I think we've, we've, we've kind of gone on this journey as a church, and, and we, we realized that he can be first in our possessions, you can go next slide here. First in our possessions. Like we're saying, Pastor, hey, Pastor, I got, I got this. Like, like Pastor, I, I now give 10% of my income. Not because the church wants my money. Not because this is an unhealthy church. But because I, God, 10% belongs to God. Yeah. And so I'm going to give God my 10%. And Pastor, can I tell you a secret sauce? The, the moment I started giving 10%, more has been falling into my lap. More blessings have been happening in my life. You know, so he can have my possessions. I mean, he can, he, I will, it's, it's all, I dedicate him. Jesus is first in my possessions. Jesus is first in my responsibilities. Yeah. Pastor Lisa talked about what the, the parable uh, or the story of, 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 the, of the young man that said, I'll follow you, Jesus, but let me first go bury my father. And Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. 
And so I want to encourage you to watch that message last week. It is so great, the revelation that has been pulled out of that story. But we say, Jesus, I think this is many of us. Lord, you could definitely be first in my, my workplace. You know, like, take them all, Lord. But really, sometimes we get so busy, we, we, we take God out of the equation. When really, when we're busy, we need to add God to the equation. I'm even trying in my most busiest days not to sleep in and get rest or go to bed early, but I try to get up earlier and spend time with Jesus because I know I'm going to have a tougher day. And if he's first in my responsibilities, man, that's my secret sauce, friends. It is not, I'm not smarter than anybody. I'm not better than anybody. But it's just Jesus. Jesus in my life and the Holy Spirit in my life. He gives me the shortcuts. gives me knowledge and wisdom and understanding. Am I preaching good today? Am I right? And here's the last one is first in our relationships. And I want to talk about this today because church is fun. Amen? But we say, yes, Lord, I want you to be first in my relationships. We talked about this first things first, week one of, of Jesus first. And, and we say, Lord, you be, you be, my goodness, Jesus, you'll be first in every relationship that I have, my dating relationship, my friendships, my, you know, in, in any relationship that I have. But I want to ask you, is Jesus also first in our family? In our family. My goodness, I love being faithful to God, Right? Because here's what is interesting. Luke chapter 9, here's the story. So uh, three men came up to Jesus, and the third guy, this is the third guy. I'm going to skip the first two. And the third guy says, I'll follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those in my home, to my family. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. And so we broke this down in week one of this collection of, of the, the, really that this means that, hey, Jesus has to be first in your relationships, all relationships. But there's another story in Matthew chapter 12 that Jesus is, he's, he's speaking to people and, and Jesus is preaching. And, and, and while he was speaking, he was inside of a house and the house was full and people couldn't get inside the house. Because anytime we talk about Jesus or where Jesus is, we should have a packed house. Amen. And so Jesus is speaking, he's preaching, and his mother and his brothers, I'm going to get to this in a minute. Jesus' mother, this is the Virgin Mary. This is Mary, mom. His mother's outside and his brother stood outside asking to speak with him. They tried to pull the VIP card. I'm talking about, like, I got the badge, like, scooch. We all do it, right? Like, get me in. Hey, here now, okay. But Jesus replied to the man who told them, and this is what he said. He goes, who's my, bro- who's my mom and who are my brothers? Who's my mom and who's my brothers? And stretching out his hands towards his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. You know what he's saying? He goes, here's my family. This is my family. And then he goes, so whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. My brother, my sister, and my mother. Now, hold on tight, please. If you're brand new today, you're going, this is a cult. Like we are now, I am now stuck in here forever, and I don't know if I'm going to get out of here. I'm here to tell you we're a life-giving church, we're a gospel-believing church. But you know what Jesus was doing? Jesus was simply saying, uh, man, I'm going to get that in just a second, because I I, even want to break down that, yes, uh, I feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to do this, where, uh, you know, there was a Virgin Mary. She she was begotten to Joseph. She was engaged or or, or getting married to Joseph. Holy Spirit came into her. This is the Christmas message. And all of a sudden, boom, came a Christ. Jesus was born of a virgin. But then later on, Mary and Joseph had other their children. And so here it is in, in the next verse here in Mark chapter 6. Isn't this not the carpenter talking about Jesus? The son of Mary, 
and the brother of James, uh, Hosus, and Judas, and Simon. Come on, it's in there. And, and are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. So kind of first part of the scripture is Jesus had half-brothers and half-sisters. Jesus had half-brothers and half-sisters because Mary and Joseph did married stuff. That's next month. We're going to have a lot of fun, promise. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is without honor except in his hometown and amongst his relatives in his own household. So Jesus is saying there is a limit. There is something stopping this, and it's the familiarity. It's, the, it's, it's just something that Jesus wants to touch on. And he says this, so he could not do, it, no, he could do no mighty work there, except he laid his hands on a few sick people. I'd be excited for a few sick people, but he used to heal all the sick people. But because he was familiar or because he was the son of a carpenter and not the, 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 the Messiah, he could only do so, so many miracles because of their faith, and he healed them, but he marveled because of their unbelief. So he went out amongst the villages and the teachings. And so here's kind of the tension as I talk about Jesus first, even in our family, because blood is thicker than water. But there's an element of the gospel that Jesus says, I, I really want to be first. And I'm going to put this next slide up, and I think this is the tension. Pastor, do I have to pick and choose? Do I have to, you know, like you join this church and we say, nope, you're here forever. Don't even go to, no family events. Don't even go to their family. Don't even, don't even call them or text them, ghost them, you know. Uh, uh, don't even do that. And, and I believe this is, that's not what Jesus wants. I think a really good picture of, of, of saying, do I need to really pick and choose is I really wanted to use an umbrella. Because of the umbrella, maybe if I pick up Levi from school, ooh, that was fancy right there, you know. And uh, that was automatic. <laughs> and if I pick up Levi from school and it's raining, and for, uh, just a show of hands, if, if it's raining, do you grab an umbrella? Look, for real. If it's, if it's raining, do you just walk out there without an umbrella? Come on, look at these hands, uh huh? With my people that right here, right? But I'm deaf. I wear hearing aids. I have a hearing aid in this ear. I'm 100% deaf and I'm 60% deaf. I'm terrified of rain. Because I'll get electrocuted or, or just kidding. But, or, or my battery stop. my hearing aid stops working. It's terrifying. A water gun game, I'm out of here. I hate it. But I wanted to paint a picture of an umbrella because an umbrella is something that covers you. It's something that protects you. Uh, if you look up the definition, umbrella protects you from rain. Uh, but maybe not this one, but sun as well. Have you ever seen people walking in the daytime with an umbrella? I mean, it's like it's, it's not raining. But because they want the shade or the covering of the umbrella. But I want to use this umbrella that represents maybe my relationship with Jesus. There's so many different illustrations I could use. I can use a garment, like clothes, yeah, clothe a garment of praise or, 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 or you know, uh, whatever it is, or he's in my heart. And there's a lot of different illustrations, but I really wanted to paint a picture of this umbrella because this umbrella right here represents Jesus as first in my life. Yeah. Jesus is first in my life. Like, he is more than an accessory. This is, this is, he's part of my life. Yeah. And so when I step into, into my family, 
as a dad or as a son or as a brother, uh, as I step in, I don't step in like this and go, hey, what's up, everybody? Sorry, I got to go, and it's just going to be me and Jesus, so peace. I love you guys. It's me. No, no, no. What I do with this umbrella, what I do with my relationship with Jesus is I step into my family with Jesus. Right? Like, friends, like, Jesus is, is first in my life, but it doesn't mean you can't be a part of my life. As I encourage you, uh, last year we did an entire collection of talks entitled Boundaries. 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 We talked about it's not walls, it's picket fences. I encourage you to watch that entire collection of talks on YouTube and avenuechurch.cc. But for so many of us, I think we have to stop putting Jesus into compartments. We have to stop going, it's Sunday morning, yay, you know, Jesus is good, and champion, you know, all those different songs we sing, and then after church, we just kind of go, whew, that was exhausting. And we go to work, or we go home, or we go do something else instead of just taking Jesus with us and say, Jesus really is first in every area of my life. So it's not picking and choosing, but it's bringing him with us. Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom, and I want you to catch this, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. It will be added to you. Right. Can you imagine if my wife and I, we go pick up Levi from school, it's raining, and she's like, keep me dry, and I'm like, you know, like, <laughs> trying to, you know, she's like, I'm white, my hair, and all these things. She would never do that. She's very kind. Just like my turf in my backyard, I started to resent my turf because it was artificial. But I want you to know the artificial first end up being resented because we often punish what was never meant to be first. So we go into a relationship and we say, man, Jesus is first in my life and I'm, Lord, give me somebody. I, I, want, I just want to love somebody. I just want, really, it's, I want somebody to love me, you know. And we get into a relationship with somebody, and we're like, man, this is going really good. And, man, I'm just, I think we're getting pretty serious. And then, you know, and then, uh, that's heavy. And so, and then I'm going to be. And then after we get in a relationship, we get married, and, you know, do all these things. And Pastor Jeremy officiates your wedding, and he's hilarious at it. And it's so fun. Yeah. And, and, and we do all that. And then maybe a year later, or even now in this generation, it's 30 years later. And 30 years later or a year later, we begin to resent that person because we say, I'm not covered. I'm not being fulfilled. I'm upset with you. We're not equally yoked. What's going on here? And the things that you lust after end up being things that you hate. Because we're resenting something that was never meant to fulfill the role of Jesus in our life. And so I'm here to tell you even what Alita said, right? Like, don't quit. Don't give up. And when I go to somebody else, if I have a relationship with somebody else, it's not, here you go. It is, where's your umbrella? Where's your relationship with Christ? Because if Jesus is first in your life and he's first in my life, then, man, we're going to kick some butt, amen? amen? But I like this umbrella because point number one is Jesus first means he is Lord of all. He's Lord over my life. I am not in charge. And friends, can I tell you that, it's, it, that is such a blessing. The burdens and all those different things that come along with me being a God or me and expecting someone else to be a God, which is idolatry. But when Jesus is first, he becomes a covering over my life, that Jesus really is Lord of my life. I love this in Philippians chapter 2. It says, therefore, God has highly exalted him 
and bestowed Jesus, uh, bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So when Jesus is Lord of my life, I have a healthy priority of what's first in my life. Amen? Amen. He is Lord of my life. Yeah. I like the umbrella because if I were to walk into a, my workplace, if you were to take this big old umbrella and you walked into your workplace, it would be noticeable. People would, would know this, and it's not, I have an umbrella, I'm better than you. No, it's just, this is just my life. Yeah. And I'm a Christ follower, and Jesus is Lord of my life. Right. I also want you to know that when I have Jesus Lord of my life, it actually makes me a better father. Yeah. Yeah. It actually makes me a better son. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> All the time. It makes me a better husband that it helps me to love my wife more because Jesus is first in my life. My prayers are no longer, Lord, I need you to fix her. My prayers are now, Lord, do a work in my life. Because a lot of times when we leave that covering and we say, Jesus, yeah, 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 you're good, but that's Sunday stuff. Or, you know, no, this is good. That's, that's just when I really need you. But, but uh, you know the hardest time to have Jesus first of your life is when everything's going well. But we got, no, 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 see, I'm fine. Things are good right now. I'm succeeding. Let's not break the formula. Amen? Let's not, I, like, this is good, and I'm doing just fine. But then we start to resent our place. We can be, you know what resentment turns into? Like a purpose. Resentment turns into, like, I am just sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm stuck. I'm not fulfilled. I don't know what to do. But when Jesus is first over our life, he improves. But also, number two, he removes. So step one is we say, finally, you know what, Lord? I want you to be Lord of my life. You're my savior. You're my king. I give you my life. Jesus, I trust you. I'm going to do my very best. Friends, it's trial and error, right? I mean, it's like, Jesus is first. I'm going to do a good thing. And we screw up. And we just repent and say, Lord, you're first again. Lord, you're first again. But when he is Lord of your life, he tends to improve, but he also removes. See, it's not picking and choosing it's actually improving or removing. Yeah, it's improving or removing. I have seen individuals come to this church far from God, hear the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, give their lives to Jesus, go on a journey, go to Connect one day, get in small groups, go to Rooted. Uh, man, and you know what happens there? They, they don't stay there. And when they don't stay there, next thing you know, they, they've rekindled relationships again. There's restoration in marriages. There's restoration in, in relationships between the father or the mother. And I've seen it time and time again because God improves us every single time. Galatians chapter 5, what happens, what, what happens when I have Jesus first in my life? It says, you are led by the Spirit. You're not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. So this is what it's like when I say, nope, no Jesus first. There's sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries. This, I always, this is always crazy to me because it's like, whoa, like this is not Sunday school. This is crazy. This is a crazy list. I need you to calm down, Paul. This is wild. And sometimes as Christ followers, we go, well, I mean, no, I 
haven't done that. I haven't done this. And I, no, no, I'm good. And you're like checking off the, off, the, off, the, off the boxes. But Paul's going from like up here, down here. He's like, there's no divisions. They quit dividing. Quit, di- quit dividing your families. I'm going to prophesy, it is not your kids and my kids. It's our kids. Okay? Knock it off. It is, it is, it is no division. But there's no envy. There's no jealousy. Friends, you, you should get close to someone because you say, man, I, you're, you're doing it right, not because you envy them. But I envy your marriage. No, 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 no. Get a mentor, but no drunkenness. And then there's another Sunday school word, orgies, you know, and things like these. If you're a child in here, Avenue Kids is great. Avenue Kids is a great place. Yeah, yeah. Avenue Kids is wonderful. What version is this? Ooh. So funny. The Bible is not relevant to today. Let's go downtown. I warned you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. So this is a great exhaustive list. Thanks, Pastor. But what do I do now? We got to put Jesus first. When we put Jesus first, he covers us. When we accept Jesus into our heart, the Bible says the Holy Spirit comes into us. So this umbrella is not just my Jesus umbrella, but this is my Holy Spirit umbrella. And when I put Jesus first, it says the fruit of the Spirit comes into my life. So I say, how in the world does your, your relationships improve? Well, it's the fruit of the Spirit inside of me. And, and when, I, when I have Christ as Lord of my life, he improves my life by giving me love. Agape love, Christ kind of love, unconditional love. You can, I can never truly love my wife until I begin to realize how much Jesus loves me. I cannot love my wife. I can love her the way the world wants me to love her, and that's phileos, that's lustful love. But there's just something about supernatural love. There's, there's joy in my life. And can I tell you, I feel like for two years, joy's been sucked out of rooms. But you know what it is? It's not circumstantial. I, I, I got to preach right. It's not circumstantial. It is a spirit. Joy is a fruit of the spirit. Spirit. Man, I want us to get to a place where we go to work and go, what's going on, everybody? And they're like, here's crazy person. And it's not. It's just I got joy in my life. Maybe if you haven't laughed in a while and you haven't had that joy in your heart, maybe you have to undertake a kind of an assessment of our life and go, my goodness, I need Jesus to be first again. Because he gives me joy, but also peace that surpasses all understanding. Peace that Alita mentioned, right? Just peace in her, in her current circumstance. You know how you know you're in the will of God? Peace. 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 Like there's a storm freaking out. There's layoffs going on. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to take place. But you got peace in your heart. Because he is Lord over my life. He is Lord over my life. I don't, am I going to do an umbrella the whole service? I don't know yet. But then there's patience. There's kindness. You know, I am more patient as a, uh, as a dad who has Jesus first in his life. Because there's some days when I go, forget it. <laughs> ah! And I lose my temper. Or I get angry. 
But man, he gives me patience. He gives me kindness. He gives me goodness. He gives me faithfulness. I can endure. I can do this. Not because Jeremy's great or Jeremy's a hashtag hustler. Because the fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified his flesh with his passions and his desires. I say all that to say today, I'd like to take complicated gospel and break it down, make it easier for us today. And that is, Jesus first improves my relationships. Jesus first improves my relationships. Jesus first should improve our relationships. Galatians chapter 5 again. Man, it helps me be a better dad. Helps me to be a, an intentional friend. Man, it helps me be a patient friend. Helps me not to be judgmental. Helps me to not gossip or slander or say, hey, did you hear about so-and-so? Man, it proves my relationships as, as man, I, I, I call my family members and say, how you doing? What's going on? Can I pray for you? Man, what can I pray for? Is there anything I can, I can just, just cry with you about or laugh with you about or rejoice with you about? See, the problem, here's the reason. The reason we have artificial first or artificial relationships is because we're artificially living. And we need to have authentic relationships. And we need to have an authentic, how I many know, this is an authentic church because we have authentic people. Not perfect people. All right, we're all messed up, and that's just the staff of Avenue Church. Could I get an amen, everybody? Jesus first improves my relationships. Now I'm going to be a good pastor and hit a plug. Maybe you need to get involved in a small group. Maybe you need to get involved in a small group. Now, if you've been a part of church before and you're like, there's a small group thing, I promise you, get involved in a small group. There you will find authentic and real relationships. Real relationships. And then we have two types of small groups. We have free market groups. I mean, that could be basketball, golf, hunting, whatever. But also we have rooted small groups taking place as well. Rooted. And this is where, and I, can I try to not break, break uh, confidence here, but at our very first rooted meeting, somebody opened up. Somebody just shared. They, they, just, they didn't go like, everything's fine. That's artificial. But someone said, I'm not, I'm not fine. And this is why I'm in this group. And man, because of that one person, all of us said, me too, me too. Yes, let me share, let me share. And our very first rooted group, we didn't have to waste five sessions getting to know each other. I don't know if I can trust this person. What's up? You're my rooted group, you know. I don't know if I can trust this person. No, we all decided enough's enough. I'm ready for authentic relationships. I don't want the artificial stuff anymore. But, I, but here's the challenge, right? We go, amen, yes, right? But Jesus first always leads to growth. Always leads to growth. A healthy relationship always leads to growth. Always. It's not complacent. It is not condoning. It is not, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. Let's just stay right here. A Jesus-first relationship always leads to growth. But here's the problem. Most, like, like my turf in my backyard, it's never going to grow. It's fake. But here's the problem is most artificial relationships are comfortable or easy. And easy is the enemy of growth. 
So we can take a look at even our friendship group and say, do I have friends in my life that push me closer to Jesus? Or do I have friends in my life that are pulling me away from Jesus? Do I have family members in my life that are encouraging me to pursue Jesus? Or do I have family members in my life that are pulling me away from Jesus? We have to be able to understand, is this artificial or is this authentic? Am I comfortable or am I ready to grow? Ephesians chapter 4, it says, put off your old self, which belongs to your former matter of life, and it's corrupt through deceitful desires. And be renewed in the spirit and put on your new self, created after the likeness of God, in the true righteousness and holiness. So Jesus always improves. But when we ask for God to improve us, he's going to grow us. And growth stinks, if I can say that. But it's so rewarding. It's so rewarding. It's so rewarding. Because when Jesus is first, he's also going to remove artificial first. And I was like, you know, uh, Lord, do I need to go through a bunch of lists and say, this is what you need to remove and this is what you need to do. And then we got Oregon. I believe with all my heart, the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you today. Because he's the only one that can handle this delicate moment of bringing to our attention individuals or things that we need to remove. Not, not because they're bad. Hear me out. Not because they're bad, but because they're keeping you exactly where the devil wants you. Exactly where he wants you. He doesn't need to destroy you if you're not making a difference. He doesn't need to bother with you if you're not making a difference. And here's my last point. Just don't look back. Just don't look back. I found this interesting. The third guy comes to Jesus and said, Jesus, I will follow you. He had pure intentions. He had the right intentions. This is, these are, go to the next slide. These are the words that I love to hear on Sunday morning. Pastor, I'm here to grow in Jesus. Pastor, I, I've screwed up. I messed up. I, I, I don't even, like, thank God you don't do background checks or check ID at this church. I snuck in. But Pastor, I'm going to follow Jesus. Like, oh, yes, come on, here go. Go to Connect one day, go to small groups, go serving. And I want you to know, we have more than just three steps at Avenue. It's not just pray, give, and go. We have a slew of about seven or eight things for you to find your next step at Connect one day. All right, we've, 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 we've brought more to the table. But then he says, Jesus said, yes, follow me. Because I need to go say goodbye to everybody in my house. And Jesus says, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back, is fit for the kingdom of God. You know what Jesus was really saying? Jesus was saying, yes, when you take that step, and when you go, Jesus is first. And you go on that spiritual journey, and man, you are growing. Man, you're opening up and rooted, and it's confidential. It stays in that room. When you're in your small group, and, and, and man, when you're just even coming Sunday mornings at 7 a.m. to come set up the church, you're, you're building relationships with others. When you're staying after and hanging out in the lobby after church today and picking up your kids and bring them to the lobby, you're, you're, you're developing authentic relationships. You're going, you want to have coffee? You want to have food? We're not fasting anymore. Thank you, Jesus. But you have to begin to develop authentic relationships. But sometimes as we're putting our hand to the plow, sometimes if we're going, Jesus is over my life. He is Lord of my life. I'm pressing on. Sometimes we look back. 
And we go, man, growth is hard. And growth is difficult. And sometimes we look back at the good old days. We look back at what's easy. In the Bible, uh, Abraham had a, had a nephew Lot. He went into a city called Sodom and Gomorrah. And if you know that story, uh, angels came and rescued Lot and his wife and his kids. And they said, let's get out of here. God's going to destroy the city. And as they're walking on their way out, Lot's wife turned around and she looked back at the comfort. She looked at what she had built over the years. She looked back at what was the past instead of straining forward ahead. And Jesus brings her up in the New Testament. And Jesus said, remember what happened to Lot's wife? When she turned around, she turned into a pillar of salt. And so this is what Jesus said. He says, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. And if you let your life go, you will save it. What does this mean right here? Hold on one second. You know what this mean right here? This means Jesus, you're first. This means Jesus, you are in control. And friends, that is hard. That is difficult. And so will you stand with me, please, real quick today? I'm gonna kind of give you a, a, a little breakdown in just a second. But you are artificial first is usually, artificial first is usually a place of comfort that's easy. That's easy. So let me do it just for the sake of time. Please just bow your heads, close your eyes for just a moment. And I just want you to give yourself a moment with God. A moment with the Holy Spirit today. I'm going to get out of your way. And I just want you to listen to him. Just listen to him. Maybe in this room that you're saying, Lord, be Lord of my life. I'm tired, I'm exhausted. It appears on the outside you have it all under control. But on the inside you're deteriorating. And you're even resenting, how do I say this? You're resenting God because you've replaced them in your life. You've become your own idol. And God is saying, man, don't cling to your life. Don't cling to comfort and control. But I want to be first in your heart. During worship, I was praying for this service today. I believe there's a, uh, an individual in this room you once did the Jesus first thing. You had a relationship with someone who didn't place Jesus first. And that relationship fell apart. And you've since moved on. I feel like the Holy Spirit's kind of just, just gently reminded you today to forgive that person. And you can have a Jesus first relationship. It'll be authentic. It'll be holy. It'll be pure. So Jesus, thank you. Uh, production team, can you put up that one slide? So I wanna give the first challenge real quick. 
with your head bowed and my eye closed, I'm just going to read it. But the first challenge is, is he Lord of your life? He's Lord of my thoughts. He's Lord of my career. He is Lord of my life. But also, what needs to be improved or removed? This is what I want you to ask the Holy Spirit. I want to set production team. Will you leave this up just for a little bit longer today? People can take pictures of this. This is kind of the, I believe, the altar call we're going to have today. We're going to have a homework, a take-home model. The last question is, what am I looking back at? What do I need to move forward on? Whatever head out of eye closed, if you're here today, you're saying, Pastor, I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. I want him to be first. I had a warped view of what that was, and today I believe it's been restored. I had an artificial view of what it was like to have Jesus be Lord of my life. But today, I want him to be my Savior and my Lord. If that's you, just put a hand up, put it right back down. I won't embarrass you. Just put a hand up and right back down. Yep, yep, yep. Anyone else? Yep, I see it. Up and right back down. Yep, I see it. Let's all pray a prayer together. Say, dear Jesus. Come on, it's a lot of hands. Say, dear Jesus. Everyone lift your voice. Say, thank you for dying on the cross. Say, thank you for paying for what I did. Say, be first in my life. Say, I repent of my sins. Say, be Lord of my life. Say, the best way you know how. I'm placing you first. Say the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. Because I now know who I am. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Come on, everybody. Give God a shout today.